A transcript is available for free on our Patreon page. You can find the link in the episode's description. The clock is ticking. The Norwegian archipelago is warming quicker than any other place. Getting informed on climate change can sometimes feel overwhelming and depressing. I definitely suffer from climate anxiety. But the good news is that there are plenty of solutions and inspiring initiatives happening all around the world. My name is Nagisa. My name is Abby, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to Planet, Planet Now, a podcast that explores empowering stories to rebuild our hope for the future. Mexico City is one of the largest cities in the world. It has a population of 21.5 million people, for perspective, that is even more than New York's roughly 19 million. It used to be called Tenochtitlan and was the capital of the Aztec Empire, dating back to the 1300s. But for such an impressive city, its foundations weren't great for human settlement. It was first built on top of small, swampy islands in Lake Texcoco. The Aztecs used a network of canals across the city for transport and water. But once the Spanish conquered them, they turned these canals into streets to expand the growing city. These days, the huge metropolitan area has completely submerged the original Lake Texcoco beneath concrete. Since the city is surrounded by mountains and the lake has disappeared, most of the water supply comes from underground water called aquifers. But this isn't enough. 20% of people have no access to water from the tap, and 40% of the water supply is being wasted in pipe leaks before it can even be used. To make matters worse, Draining the aquifers is causing Mexico City to sink into the ground at an alarming rate, as much as 0.5 metres per year. And when other natural disasters strike, they cause chaos by disrupting the infrastructure, like the 2017 earthquake, which left more than 2 million people without water due to damaged pipes and blocked roads. Sadly, with climate change making rainfall patterns more irregular, the World Bank only expects the water shortages to increase. It's both a barrier development and a huge health risk for the people. Renata Fenton wrote her undergraduate thesis on an exciting solution for this issue, the potential of rainwater harvesting in Mexico. She researched housing slums and interviewed people in communities and then went on to co-found the social enterprise called Isla Urbana, meaning urban island, Isla Urbana designed a rainwater harvesting system to solve the dual issue of water shortages and poor water quality in Mexico City. One of the features of the system is a unique first flush device called a Tlaloc after the Aztec god of the rain. Rainwater falls on house roofs and this device helps to channel it and reduce water contamination by 70%. All except one of the system's various parts and filters are made in Mexico an impressive step towards reducing its carbon footprint from transport and boosting local economies. Their small and dedicated team focused their efforts on deploying the rainwater collecting devices in the most deprived areas, tailoring them to the community's needs. During the 2017 earthquake I mentioned earlier, lives were saved in communities like San Grigio, which were more resilient because of their rainwater harvesting. In 2009, Isla Urbana were installing one system per month, and in 2019, that number had exploded to 50 systems per day. That year, they reached 10,000 systems installed. 
a major achievement in helping households reduce their dependence on expensive water trucks or failing city infrastructure. But Fenton's mission is far from over yet. She says, The idea is to have a city where during the rainy season, everyone is collecting rainwater through their rooftops. Our next story concerns the surprisingly heavy impact that our little pets have on the environment. Food production is responsible for a quarter of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. And part of these emissions are caused by the production of pet food. Of course, we all love our little companions, and studies have proven that they can be linked to decreasing stress or depression. But pets usually eat red meat, poultry, or fish, all ingredients that have a heavy impact on the environment. Animal food production is the biggest cause of deforestation. It emits higher gas emissions than plant food production, and it requires huge amounts of water. It is estimated that there are around 840 million cats and dogs in the world. And as pets provide great companionship, their number keeps increasing. There's more and more talk about reducing meat consumption for human beings. But what about our pets? Is there a more climate-friendly way to feed them? According to a recent study led in Brazil, one of the first things we can do is reduce wet food diets and prioritize dry food diets. Wet food is responsible for about eight times more emissions than dry food. The study revealed that a dog with a typical wet food diet would have the same ecological impact as its owner. The reason is simple, there's much more meat in wet food than in dry food. Another great option is insects. I know that doesn't sound very appetizing, but insects are proven to be healthy and tasty for our little friends. Insects are high in protein, they are very digestible, and they provide a good source of minerals, nutrients, and amino acids. And producing insect protein emits about 10 times less emissions than producing regular meat. It also requires way less land and water. And insects can feed on organic waste, which could help in reducing the amount of waste produced by humans. Insect-based diets are quite expensive, though. But the good news is that more and more pet food companies are developing these alternatives. And as demand grows, the cost of insect protein will very likely drop. Another solution is simply to avoid overfeeding your pet and to choose chicken or more sustainably sourced fish over beef or lamb. Of all food, red meat has the biggest environmental impact. And buying pet food that has been locally produced also decreases the environmental impact caused by transport and shipping. The next story is in India, where a radical new material is solving more than one environmental problem at once. The river Ganges in India is revered by Hindus as the most sacred river. But the thousands of flowers used in religious ceremonies along the water's edge are also considered sacred, and so they can't be thrown into normal garbage, meaning one of the only options left is to throw them into the river. They decompose there and cause terrible water pollution, which is a sad and ironic fate for such an important river. It's also extremely dangerous, because the flowers are usually teeming with pesticides, which can leach into the water and cause a threat to the river's wildlife and human health because many people drink and bathe there. Ankit Agarwal is from Kampur in India, and he witnessed this unsettling issue in his hometown back in 2015. It motivated him to find a solution to the problem. Initially, his startup called Fool, which means flower in Hindi, collected the waste flowers and dried the petals to turn them into incense sticks. 
but a chance discovery in 2018 led to an even more useful way of recycling the waste flowers. A fibrous white network, some kind of fungal organism, was growing on the flowers when they were left in humid conditions. After further experiments, they realised that this material felt like leather. This inspired Agarwal and his team to create Fleather, a new plant-based replacement for leather. Fleather is part of a global trend for new plant and fungi-based leather materials instead of animal leather. Many companies are looking for alternatives to leather because it's quite a problematic material. There's a few reasons why this is the case. It's made from the skins of dead animals, it's energy and water intensive, the tanning process releases toxic heavy chemicals which can pollute water bodies, cattle rearing increases deforestation and releases greenhouse gases, and conditions in slaughterhouses are often inhumane and cruel for the animals. Faux leather does exist, but most of it is made from plastic which comes from fossil fuels. So considering all these problems with leather, the development of flower leather is really promising as a more sustainable way to make clothing and accessories. The fact that it's diverting a waste stream and reducing pollution at the same time is even better. So far, Fleather has been made into successful prototypes of bags, shoes and wallets. And their impressive work earned them the Earthshot Prize in 2022, a global prize fund for rewarding innovative solutions to the climate and nature crises. Further development to make it stronger would allow it to be used for even more items. And Agarwal says they are 10% away from the final thing. To tackle climate change, it is urgent that governments and corporations take crucial and rapid actions. But research shows that we shouldn't underestimate the impact that we have as a population. In 2022, the IPCC revealed that lifestyles and behavior can result in a 40 to 70% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. If you're not familiar with it, the IPCC is a group of scientists from the United Nations that examine the science around climate change. So, 40 to 70% reduction in emissions. This offers great potential. And it makes sense, right? Through our consumption, we have a considerable impact on the planet and on the climate. Through our energy consumption, the food, clothes, devices we buy, our travel, we emit considerable amounts of greenhouse gas emissions. And so, by changing our behavior as a consumer, we can reduce the amount of greenhouse gas emissions we are responsible for. These changes include things like reducing meat and dairy consumption, avoiding food waste, switching to a renewable energy provider, reducing car use and planning travels, using less heating in the winter and less air conditioning in the summer, buying secondhand or refurbished items, and consuming less in general. And the IPCC added that these lifestyle changes can also improve our health and well-being. But behavioral change shouldn't stop at individual actions. Through new policies, investments, and education, governments and companies can help people transition to a healthier and more sustainable lifestyle. Every week, we'll finish with a pretty amazing fact about our planet, a little planet wonder. Have you ever thought that an extra pair of eyes would be useful to keep track of things? Or how about an extra 22 eyes? That's right, there's a group of jellyfish species called box jellyfish that have 24 eyes. Their 24 eyes are spread out in clusters across the bell, which is that main body part of the jellyfish where the tentacles dangle from. Some of these eyes can only detect light and darkness, whereas others are true eyes with complex parts like a lens, cornea and retina. 
Box jellyfish are a group of roughly 50 species of jellyfish, and they are found all around the world. Their bells are shaped like a box, so that's where they got their name from. As well as their crazy number of eyes, box jellyfish have another claim to fame. A few of the species in this group produce a venom that is so deadly it can kill a human in about five minutes. That makes it one of the most poisonous animals in the world. But don't worry, most of the box jellyfish species are fairly harmless with their stings. Planet Now is a Kibo production created by Abigail Wilkin and me, Nagisa Morimoto. If you would like to help us present more stories like these, please check out the Patreon link in the episode description. You can also support us by leaving a review and sharing this podcast with your close ones. And don't forget to subscribe if you don't want to miss out on next week's episode. Thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.